This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Video Junkyard Podcast. With me as always are my good <laughs> friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Stiskel. Yeah, it's actually episode 144, so okay. how's it going, guys? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Can't complain too much. I mean, I could, but... We yeah, just, I was going to say I could. We just spent an hour doing that <laughs> before we recorded. Yeah, we got all of our griping about, you know... The world and the goings on, and you know the weather and getting older, and of course the Justice League movie and yeah. uh, all that stuff out of the way. So, okay, I, I was gonna ask though before we recorded, but I guess might as well do it now. COVID yeah. shots, COVID vaccine shots. Eric, you've gotten one. Ryan, I've gotten one. Have you gotten one yet? Gotten what? Vaccine? No, I am. No? I am useless. I'm a, stay at, I'm a fucking stay-at-home artist. I'm the least fucking essential thing, like, out there. And it sucks. Like, I have to wait till May 1st. And I'm like, fuck, I wish I had IBS. Like, at least I would kind of qualify. I have a friend who has ob- who's obese, and he's like, yeah, I get it. And I'm like, wow, for the once, I get, like, obesity beats me. I kind of <laughs> feel, though, like a, a, a covid vaccine is quickly becoming kind of like getting a medical marijuana card in a medical state where all you have to do is just oh and you're still living in wisconsin and watching as everyone else yeah Yeah. right but no like you know when you've got you go to you can go to find a doctor you'll find a doctor you know like oh i've got anxiety or whatever yeah sure yeah and and i went in for for a chronic medical condition was the reason that i got to got to get it they opened it up to anyone with chronic illness in illinois and um but all they do is make you sign a paper. You check the, you check a box and say yes, I have a chronic condition. Here's my signature. I mean, literally anybody could do that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't well, think yeah, they're going to be checking. Like, Not you know, that I'm encouraging anybody to do so, but it's yeah. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same medical legalese that allows businesses to, in in states that had mask mandates, to say. Yeah, you're supposed to wear your mask, but if you have a medical condition that says you can't, it's not our business to ask. So if you come in without a mask, we'll just assume you have that. Enjoy. It's the same kind of shit, right? It's just like, oh, well, we can't ask you legally, so. Well, it's the... the, Like, what the problem is, is like everyone's just feeling like, well, there's an inconvenience, so we're going to be heroes and not mask check everybody because that's the true thing that we need. That's that's the big problem with this pandemic is us being forced to wear masks. Like, oh, no, I think it's the disease that's killing people. No. It might be the no, pandemic right. itself. It's, <laughs> it's the, the government overreach of no. making you wear a what, mask. What it is is it's actually it's Which not actually it's, never happened. It's not the mask anyway. and it's not the virus. It's the idiots who don't want to wear the mask to protect <coughs> the other people from the virus i'm like yep that's it that's the villain right there we found it we identified it 
It's the idiots. Here, here's the part of the show where I normally would be like, well, well, hopefully we're not alienating anybody. But you know what? All those people tuned out a long time ago. So, oh yeah, <laughs> welcome. We're among friends here. That's there's, right. There's, there's no tolerance for your shitty, selfish behavior. Yeah, agreed. Unfortunately, no, no, I never no, thought no. I'd never thought I'd be saying that. But anyway, it's but on to bigger, better things. I guess is um, it is yeah. it bigger and is it better? Well, I mean, it's bigger, I suppose. Well, actually, but, it's only a model. But, which reminds um, me, today's episode is sponsored by Hymns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, I'm like kidding. It. Get them on the phone. Get them on the phone. Nobody sponsors us, which is sad. They should. <laughs> so, speaking of, it's we... only a model. <laughs> Hence, this episode called "Raise the Titanic" is actually a sophisticated ad for Hymns. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, thanks for spoiling the movie surprise there, but no, I'm just... Uh, I mean, anyway, they we, clicked we, on the title. There's no surprise. I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's scrolling right now if somebody's looking at their player, so it has been the whole time. Yeah. And there's a poster, so... Yeah, yeah and Eric got the number um, wrong, so don't pay attention to I, that. I did. We're, we're in uh, fine form this evening, You're gentlemen. You're firing um, on full cylinders. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is the most fun we're going to have re- reviewing this movie. This is it. This is the peak. This is the peak of our male performance. So this was an audience so, pick, right? This movie was, yeah. So throughout yeah. the month of April, we are doing audience picks. Last week, we looked at the movie Mac and Me, and uh, which to. was the first, the first of the series. Yeah, C- couldn't look away. It was like a car crash. Um, and this one is brought to us by a uh, friend of mine. Um, from the Doctor Who community, and also has been a guest on the. Um, Police Box in the Junkyard podcast, which is my uh, kind of spinoff sh- show that's uh, all based on um, Doctor Who media. Self-promoting um, self-promote drink. That's right. And uh, <laughs> and that is Mr. Matthew Kressel gave us this movie, and it is um, a one I had never heard of before, 1980 adventure film, Raise the Titanic. What a lovely thing she was. Standing as high in the water as one of your skyscrapers. And God himself, they said, couldn't sink her. Then in two hours, she was gone. And 1,500 souls with her. Control, this is Deep Quest at 8,000 feet. Negative contacts. This is Turtle. No contacts. No. jackpot it's at the bottom of the atlantic ocean you're talking about twelve thousand five hundred feet underwater which leaves us with only one choice are you talking about raising the titanic yeah it's the biggest job with the highest stakes anybody ever dreamt of Starfish. It's 
going down fast. They gotta lose some weight. Uh, Release that damn thing! I took this job on two conditions. One, that I handle the salvage end of it my way, and two, that you stay out of my hair. I'm gonna crush the deep question. Indicates electrical fire on the left. If we can't cut loose that submersible, we gotta bring up the Titanic. Target date's two weeks away. Our target date just got changed. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Mark. by Jerry Jameson, uh, screenplay by Adam Kennedy, based on the novel Raise the Titanic by uh, best-selling novelist uh, Clive Custler, who yeah. you, you probably have seen on like every you know dime store and grocery store uh, shelf, because that's the only place I'm familiar with his work from, but submarine books for old white guys is what i think of with uh, <laughs> pretty much Clive Custler, but and uh, sahara he wrote sahara oh that's right yeah he did what's so, the, the so, hero so we in mixed all of this it. was it dirk pitt yeah 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 and and i didn't know that until this movie but apparently he wrote many novels the where, doc savage uh, of this cinematic universe yeah that's the, right and then uh the jack early on in, in <laughs> Yeah, early on in Lou Grade, uh, Lou Grade was the, a producer on the film, and uh, but yeah, I think initially like Lou Grade had the idea that Dirk Pitt would become, um, you know, they were going to launch with this big best-selling novel, and that he would go on to become a James Bond type reoccurring yeah. character in espionage <laughs> thrillers or whatever. Which, and I know the movie went through a couple of different screenplays, and it was you know by the time it got to its finished form, had had some issues uh, in the pre-production and in the production process uh including the the author uh himself being very disappointed with the casting and Mm -hmm. such so i don't know if they got what they wanted out of it or what they had initially pictured but yeah i i don't feel like uh richard jordan who they cast to play dirk in the movie really had the charisma to pull that off but well uh, i I know that they that custler apparently was unhappy with this because he felt felt like all that they had remaining to his original board was like just his novel was like the very base shell of the story and Mm -hmm. after watching it was like shit i haven't read the book but if this is just the shell of the story what else happens because there's a ton of like attempted plot in this movie Oh my god. Yeah, I feel god. like I didn't feel like it was like bare bones at all. Like I mean there was a, you know, international kind of espionage-esque um the the main plot, you know, it's 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 east versus west kind of, you know, development of an ultimate weapon, well not ultimate weapon, but ultimate defense weapon actually. Um that they, you know, need a specific t- type of mineral that's uh been stashed away, sunken on the Titanic, or something. So. Stuporium Byzanium, I believe, yeah. is what they. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I, I suppose I, I'm neglecting, I say, we're going to screw everything up tonight, I've neglected to tell you guys what this movie is about, and that is, uh, I'll give you a quick synopsis here, a Cold War adventure yarn in which the Americans and Russians compete to salvage the wreck of the Titanic from the bottom of the North Atlantic, believing it to hold the only supply of a vital ingredient for the ultimate nuclear deterrent. The Americans' venture is compromised as personal rivalries come to the fore, which... Um, doesn't really get into the guts of what it's really about, but I mean, I was let's be honest. Say that sounded this, a lot more exciting than what actually happened in the movie. This movie turned into like, although it certainly got all of what you know you just heard in that synopsis um, as kind of like the beginning of the story and as it gets rolling into it, but it really became you know let's play with let's play with models and let's raise the Titanic on on film. So maybe that's kind of what Clive Cussler was talking about. Maybe it focuses too much on the. The you know Titanic the part. titular ship but yeah um yeah i don't know so yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's an interesting like it's an interesting kind of plot from from the get-go but um i mean on paper maybe but the execution i would say this this movie not the jump ahead here but it's boring as fuck like they they sabotage like here's the thing i this is what i wrote down in my notes um whenever there's a suspenseful moment in the movie that the movie tries to build it is quickly dealt with like instantly like you think that like somebody's life is going to be in danger or you think it's going to go in a direction where they're going to kind of like stretch out the drama it's dealt with instantly like there's literally at the end of the movie like, this is the best example I have. There's a lot of examples, but this is the best example I have. Is at the end of the movie, a Russian guy pops onto the bo- onto the Titanic, and he's just like, hey, we know <laughs> yeah. that you have the, the, the mineral, or we have, you have the... The, the Byzanium. St- the stupanium the that you... Yeah, yeah, the stupanium, I'm going to call it. Uh, <laughs> fucking, that you have... Uh, and if I don't contact my boat in eight minutes, they're gonna they're gonna destroy it. And you're like, oh my god, this is the climax of the movie. This is the cl- this is this is a moment of tension. Uh, this is the moment we actually act, actually interact with the Russians and the Americans. They kept building up to this throughout the movie. There's gonna be an actual was, dramatic scene, and how it ends so is so super low key. <laughs> and like legitly, after he makes his threat, they go, well, we got a surprise for you. And they walk out and they point and like, look, we got a submarine and fighter jets. And the Russian guy's like, well, I guess we'll leave. And then they yeah. leave. And you're like, I mean, they did everything except for you know play the national anthem over the you know, oh my god of the everything submarine coming up well and it was like you're right it should be a scene where there's a lot of you know tension and um there really wasn't anything at all it was like this super low-key meeting yeah between J- jason robards who plays um even the love triangle name, is the general as fuck. in this movie yeah um let's see cast is uh Admiral yeah, James Admiral. Sandiker. There's not a really a reason to know anybody's name in this besides Dirk Pitt. You'll always remember Dirk Pitt because people say it over and over again. I mean, but, they, they even in the movie, one of the characters goes like, what kind of name is Dirk Pitt? And I'm like, that's a very yeah. good question. What's hilarious <laughs> is I wrote that down. My first note on my piece of paper is, I'm surprised when people say Dirk Pitt. I keep, or I keep expecting people to laugh and ask if it's a real name. And look, not even five minutes later in the movie, somebody did it. And I was like, okay, touche. Like, touche. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm not the only one thinking it. So it's. Uh, so was this the first time uh, viewing, you said, for both of you? 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And this is a like um yeah, I'm just bragging myself up like I've heard of every movie ever, but it, I've never even like been aware of this movie. So you actually said that Joe that you you did have a history with I've it. I've seen this right? one before, but I only really remembered like one scene and that's when Pitt walks across the decaying bow and he puts the white star flag back on, but um oh, okay. that's the only scene I remembered. But my my sister is a huge Titanic like historian aficionado and she's been obsessed with the Titanic ever since she was a little kid. So I've, I don't know much about it, but I've just picked things up from her that, you know, over the years. Right. Um, oh, she but, must have been shouting bullshit. Like, Oh constantly. gosh, she hates this movie. Oh yeah. God. I asked <laughs> yeah. her if she well, wanted to watch she's not it like, the only remotely one. and she's like, no, um, she's like, she <laughs> had no uh... desire to sit and watch it again. And she's like, I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. I don't want to go back. It's terrible. And, and the big it thing for her is she from... can't separate that, you know, like I am with some dinosaur movies. I'm just like, ah, there's <laughs> too, it's too wrong. It's too wrong. So. Yeah, it does suffer from, unfortunately, you know, it was made prior to the actual discovery of the Titanic wreck. Yeah. And doesn't have pretty much any of its facts right because, well, they didn't know them at the time. So. I'll throw it a bone in that respect, like, you know. Well, like, they denied one of the theories, because the, at the time, was it, one of the theories that either the ship broke in half or it didn't, yeah. and the book, I think, if I remember the Wikipedia article correctly, um, the book and the movie decided to go with the argument that it didn't split in half, and that makes sense, because mm-hmm. that otherwise your premise is kind of... The plan of raising... More difficult, yeah. um, but... Um, yeah, it was fucking way wrong. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, it's in perfect condition. Yeah. It ain't. So <laughs> I tried not to hold that stuff against it. It doesn't save this movie necessarily, but um, but I could see from like your, your sister's point of view that you know, being somebody that is is interest so interested in it and like kind of kind of lived and breathed and read everything about the Titanic wreck and all this stuff for it to go backwards in time and like have something that's just this totally speculative piece of fiction that's totally wrong about everything is probably kind of but it doesn't help that it's also i think kind of a dull and uninteresting 70s spy thriller if you could even call it that oh yeah you're right no this movie was i believe made in the 70s and then not released until 1980 because of some if i yeah i apologies to um Matthew, if you're listening, I dropped the ball on some of my research on this one. You could probably fill me in. So. Matthew, to <laughs> be fair, Matthew, to be fair, so did the people who wrote and directed this movie on the research of the Titanic. Deidre? She's screaming. Yeah. She's agreeing. Well, they, well I guess I, I say, they didn't they, have the research to be done. Why but. didn't they pick a different ship then? Right. Yeah, they could have made something up. I mean, okay, well, the book's raised the Titanic, the Titanic but he, there's nothing that they couldn't have like done some rewriting you know ninjutsu and make it like the the lusitania or something (laughs) at least the lusitania is still like pretty much they could have made one up yeah yeah they could have fucking made one up yeah but But, you know what then you wouldn't have had that that big scene when the like all the people are excited because the titanic's coming into port and all that or the one scene in the movie okay there's two scenes in the movie it's this it's the ballroom scene once the ship is like brought to the surface, I will admit is pretty good. But the scene that uh, I think actually leads up to that is prior with the only scene that you have of Alec Guinness 
where you, yeah, where Alec. Alec Guinness is in this movie, and he plays is it Sir Alec Alec Guinness? I can't remember. It is, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So Obi Wan Kenobi is in this movie. Mm-hmm. The only royalty I'll, I'll acknowledge name wise. Um. So no, he, he Alec Guinness is in this movie, and he he plays. Um. Very briefly, he he's one of the survivors of the Titanic. He played. He was one of the. What was he? Uh, his character's name's John Bigelow. I don't remember what he said that he did on the boat. Yeah, again, he worked on he worked on this. Uh... Yeah, he worked on the Titanic. But there's a scene where he like he he at one of the pubs that he frequents is he he has like this kind of like I would I would call it a memorial area. Like he has a model of the ship and the flag that he took from the mass before it sunk, and he asks Dirk to like if you actually succeed in bringing it up can you put the flag on the mass uh because i feel like it belongs there alec guinness is just a magnificent actor (laughs) um (laughs) yeah and he's just like that whole that whole scene is just like you know that's that's legit that feels nice that feels warm and then you get the payoff and when the when dirk walks through the hallway like there, there's a lot of there's not actually a lot of dialogue in this movie funny enough it's a lot of just scene setup which is interesting but yep um, a lot of model work which yeah we can talk about in a minute a little we bit, should but. talk about because i will that's one of the positive I, things we should talk about i will say that alec guinness is such a good actor that i knew he was in this movie but it wasn't until the end that i realized that was alec guinness oh really <laughs> he's, he's not sporting a beard no, no and he's just like his voice just didn't i mean he's roughly the same age as when he did yeah Star Wars. i know I mean, but like i just right I he still had another I, movie in him he just in like what 19 well like you said this was filmed in the 70s so he just did Star yeah, Wars. I yeah i believe yeah and in his character in this it doesn't say here what he actually was but the reason that pitt seeks him out is he was the last person to see the uh um american who locked himself in the um yeah the ship's vault um yeah and he's he's how we get we we find out the words you know the thank but thank god for south b or south b yeah um yeah. thing came from yeah but so. like i was saying the climax of like this the the next scene not next scene sorry but when they raise the titanic and that scene ends with dirk putting the flag on the mask and raise mass and raising it. I keep saying mask for some reason, the mass and raising it. Uh, it's like, okay, that's it. That's the most emotional like investment I have in this movie. And that's mainly yeah. because Alec Guinness is a great fucking actor. But I, uh, I that works. His, yeah. his scenes really good. Like I, yeah, even his, um, yeah, I don't know. He, he's one of those actors that just like could show up and do something like that. Like he has his five minutes in this movie and he's great. And that's it. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, and he's memorable. And like, yeah, he's. I don't know. I still feel like that flag scene, even though it's the one that I remember, even from a kid, it still is like just one of the weirdest scenes because this is such. It's really kind of a strange movie. It is <laughs> that it's th- very seventies. I don't know if that makes it, any it, sense. It but is, like, and it's like I I get that that's supposed to be an emotional scene. But I think, like, just the whole concept of this is so absolutely absurd that <laughs> it's kind of like making a big dramatic effect over something that is just absolute horseshit. And I don't mean that, like, it's not accurate. It's not. But it's just this concept is so off the fucking wall. 
Yeah, and for anyone not familiar with the plot of the film, the synopsis didn't really help us with like the main um, crux of the plot, which you know, which makes it a useless synopsis. But in American had this sample of this Byzantium ore that the Americans, you know, in modern day, modern day being 1980, uh, need to put together their new fangled defense system, which is uh, a laser the Sicilian thing. project that is a laser defense system grid or whatever that can you know, stop any nuclear weapons from ever striking the United States of America or something along those lines. And this person who has the only sample of this mineral or the only, um, you know, unearthed piece of this mineral was traveling on the Titanic when it sunk. Uh, at the time, um, they know that this person was on the ship, locked himself in a vault. Like we said, Alec Guinness's character um, was the last person to see him and, and places him there. Um ship sinks obviously we know the, the story of the titanic and um he goes you know in, in theory goes down with the boat and is still sitting there at the bottom of the north atlantic ocean with this mineral that they need so their plan is of course they're going to not just set, try to send somebody down to get it but actually you know go down and raise the ship up so that they can then search for um could so. can we talk about the i mean we're going all over the fucking place but can we talk about we are. the the pot the the moment where they opened up the actual like safe and they find the dead body? Mainly, <laughs> sure. The mainly the point I want to talk about is when they open it up like, oh, it's bone dry in here. It was sealed tight. And all I could think is like, you tell me that in like when did the Titanic sink? Nineteen twelve. Nineteen twelve. That they made a safe that was so great to withstand the pressures of the of the waters down below <laughs> that this man who locked himself in with spoiler alert it turned out to be gravel uh and he yeah. knew that um who who chose to like no i'm gonna go down with the ship with my gravel because i'm a tricky man um is in this safe and it's on the bottom of the fucking ocean and it's just like a lot of water around me and a lot of pressure <laughs> i'm doing all right but and then but die I, he just I, died of starvation he shat I, in that you know that right I, i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead though and ask <laughs> yeah. the obvious question that if in 1912 they could make a safe so good that it could sit at the bottom of the ocean for 90 years oh it's the black box for okay. 70 years right and and not mm -hmm decay why not make the whole fucking ship out of that in the first place when you know you're going to be sailing through the north atlantic in april just a question i mean the real history <laughs> of the titanic as your sister would tell you is some costs were cut yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a reason this disaster shouldn't about, have happened yeah some new theories on why stealing ribbons. why an iceberg but was I wanna... able to yeah. Bust up the Titanic. I want to go anyway. back to the the fucking nineteen twenties American spy who had a foreign substance that wasn't the substance at all. Like, and he decided to die for gravel shitting in a fucking box in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. What was his motivation to die? Once we find out the you know the big twist, and that's that it was actually buried you know somewhere in the UK. This well, in in Suthby, which is what he says the you know the clue um, that gets them there. Yeah, there was really and, uh, no reason. 
what was the reason he had for locking himself in there and going down to the ship in the first place? I mean, he's a really dedicated illusionist. That's all I Would can really Would it not have been say. better to survive this so he take... could, like, actually tell someone where he had put the stuff, so... I mean, this takes place before any kind of fucking Cold War conflict ever fucking existed. This took place before the fucking... Did this take place before World War One? I? I'm, I'm the worst... Yeah, 1912. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about the in the... The days leading up to World War One, like yeah, no, this is prior to even war breaking mm-hmm. out in Europe, right? Yeah. So. so there's no fucking reason that this motherfucker who is like finding a mineral in Russia and export it, exporting it illegally would have to really be this secretive. Let alone that they knew anything about radioactive materials. He's oh my man. god, this fucking plot is just breaking down as I speak. Like it's just dissolving in my mouth as I speak. I feel like I'm like, like none of this my memory. makes like, fucking sense. What am sense. I not remembering that makes this make more sense? Because like yeah, as I'm thinking about it, as like the argument is said on this fucking review, why couldn't it just be a different fucking ship? I mean, it, it should have been, been and different should have been mineral However, and a different reason because like, yeah, this guy this dies in, in 1912 over the Cold War. I don't get it. Yeah. Oh my let's god! Let's put this in historical context, and that is when Clive Cussler came up with this idea, and when it you know was yeah. made, sold to, sold the rights and was made into a film. Like he's we angry. had no idea about the actual Titanic. Rick. Like this, like the author is what angry it was ab- or what it. The author is yeah. angry about this movie failing because the movie failed. I'm like, no, dude, it's your plot. It's your novel. It's everything that this thing was based off of. Maybe you're a shitty writer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... Yeah, but it's... Well, I, I'm, I felt I'm passionate never... in that moment to really call out a guy who I don't know anything about and who does not listen to the podcast because I'm pretty sure he's dead. I'm guessing he's dead. If he's not, good for know. you. His Maybe books he's are all over the place. So. Is it? <laughs> he pumps out so many he pumped out i yeah i don't know i'm not sure if he's uh never he died, heard of the guy he died in february so. of last year let me tell you something okay. my friend yeah. your legacy is not so living on <laughs> talking shit about the recently dead there man no, I'm just, <laughs> i mean but, you're right it uh <laughs> i'm a dick i feel bad. no no i really. I, I think you yeah, i mean maybe criticism, that's true criticism. but i think you have a point and that's <laughs> <laughs> we gotta make uh, this review matter because <laughs> this it, movie sucked sorry it uh it could have been any ship i think that's that's the thing that i keep coming back to is like why and like yeah anyway i'm gonna get beyond it because it just this is prior to 1985 we know nothing about the titanic wreck so i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw at that bone and say okay i don't care that it's all inaccurate but at the same time like why use it in the first place i mean there's a lot of inaccuracies besides what's the state of the titanic like, just that alone, right. I'm like, why would he really be worried about Cold War? Unless they fucking say it in it's, the book. The whole the whole but thing is preposterous. I mean, the whole is. idea of, you know, raising it. But let's talk about uh, one thing I did want to make sure and hit on was um, the special effects in the film. So the model work and yeah, the, uh, yeah. the visualization of the Titanic and, you know, the the raising of it and the submersible crafts. And there's so, so a good amount of this film are, is... Uh, special effects sequences and that you know in the early part of the film is submersible crafts as they're searching for the wreck of the titanic and then when they find it the actual um you know process of raising it and bringing it to the surface and what you guys think of the effects and model work in the in the film was it um, supposedly this this went way over budget by the way like they kept 
need more and more money but <laughs> i think you know, for model work it looked pretty good it worked better in the underwater sequences um than it did in clear lighting like the actual <laughs> yeah. raising scene like it looks okay the water it's the shots it's not really the model work but that's part mm-hmm. of the special effect, right? Is is like how you're going to shoot your models, and in this case, you could very clearly tell they were in a tank. Yeah, and that that kind of like if they would if it would have been a tighter shot, I think that would have helped a lot. I but, actually kind of yeah. thought that the Titanic raisin scene was um, a lot better than I thought it was going going to be. I thought it was actually a lot harder to identify for me for me. It was a little bit harder for me to identify like what was modern and what wasn't because I was really looking at that like the scale of like water and stuff and I'm like, this is really good for for the time. Like you're right that mm-hmm. like I know it's not exact. Like but there's it's a like, lot of there's a lot of like you know foam foam and stuff which look good and then all of a sudden like you get out of that a little bit and it's just still i'm like oh that's what yeah when it's still yeah that's right yeah i I was thinking about the i was thinking about the foam part the foam part like when it's actually emerging from the water like that whole sequence and it's just like wow this is this is pretty good this is pretty yeah they can they shot that at a something that's called a horizon tank which is um a giant tank made made on a you know as a set for um i imagine this is simulating a pretty... the ocean yeah so it's a 10 million gallon tank i'm gonna say imagine this model but, is a uh, pretty big model yeah yeah and this it was a scale model but it's still i imagine was fairly good sized i think um, it's about yeah. eight feet long or something that would make sense because i was like thinking about the, the way that the it was foam a was working 10 10 ton 50 foot Model. 50 foot okay yeah so i mean a huge scale model yeah like for 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 a miniature it's hardly miniature you know yeah but no. it's, it's not as big as the titanic obviously it's, it's but, pretty yeah. much a small boat that looks like the titanic yeah and they shot it at a, at a film studios in malta where i guess this is the world's first horizon tank it's just this giant you know ocean simulation tank that people use to shoot films and uh well, that's cool because it yeah, tanks their budget they shot this they shot the so. scene 50 times which there's a, there's where you went over budget you shot yeah, it yeah. you shot this giant special effects scene 50 times but oh my fucking christ so. you know what it yeah. was it was a number of takes per footage 50 feet 50 takes makes sense no oh, there yeah. you go I'm sorry, I'm just making the connection. It doesn't make sense. If, if you, <laughs> if you, uh, anybody listening, if you go to Google and type in "raise the Titanic" into Google Images, you'll actually see some pictures of the uh, of the production where they're literally hauling this model around in the tank. So there's like a guy in, a, <laughs> in scuba gear hauling it around in the tank. Oh man, I'm seeing it. Yeah. Oh my god. Can we can we have that be the picture? on our fucking title card like literally <laughs> just have raise the titanic that like we do with the poster and then have it next to it just this dude pushing the tank and they're like oh wow they got a giant to do it <laughs> I, that's what they did they just got they called paul bunyan they just called a paul bunyan with the scuba scuba gear and just, he just pulled it up by a rope one one man one one rope that's all yeah it's incredible there's there's a bunch of these uh images and they're really hilarious because it looks like the worst godzilla movie ever 
Because like it's the like just <laughs> so it's big, like the first Godzilla movie that was made in 2014. Giant men, oh, are they in like like dinosaur suits? No, they're they're just in like scuba gear. Yeah, and, and they're just, <laughs> just like, like splashing dudes. water on the side of it. It would have been the most terrifying thing ever. It's just like they big. they yeah. fight like you fight in your dreams. Yeah, like they fight like you actually Putin. fight. <laughs> <laughs> they fight like you actually fight. So they I, fight I, like I, how we at the video junkyard actually fight. Very I, I, slow. I, yeah. <laughs> I do have to admit, lots of slapping. I lots of had slapping. a hard so time many open hands. with the raising thing, and it is a bit of that hard time with the suspension of disbelief on this one. Interesting, just, yeah. You know, like, and again, I, I, I can usually do that for movies, and like, just like, oh, well, technically the ship should have been broken in two. I'm not even worried about that because I get it; it was before they knew that. But we're still talking about a ship that's down there for a very very long time in seawater mm-hmm. i mean and we're just gonna raise it to the surface super quickly i'm like that thing would just crumble apart and i will yeah, they, i will vouch they gave for... it a couple of lines of dialogue to try to explain the lack of like degradation of the of the ship but i didn't it wasn't enough to make me buy it or, or understand what they were going for so yeah, yeah. and it just like they're walking around on it, like, yep, yeah, yeah, she's still seaworthy. <laughs> like it's the biggest ocean liner in history at the time. And Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, and also, you know, there's the whole like idea of like packing it full of foam, essentially, and then <laughs> yeah. to make it buoyant and then using, yeah. you know, lifters, uh attaching lifters, basically like balloon lifters all all over the sides of it and just pushing it up. Well the decompression and, uh, alone would be yeah. like just busted into pieces. A person you couldn't saying, do that. If you're looking at, if anyone who's owned a chair, like for like five years, you know that thing fucking gets loose, and you're telling me the bolts on the tight. Wait, so what year does this movie actually take? Like within the it was universe, like 1980, uh, I think. 74 or five. Like I think if you like, wanted to go back to when the book was. Yeah, I'm trying to think but, of like yeah. what year does the the movie take place? Like in its in its timeline, like that's like fucking 60 something 60 plus years and you're telling me that the fucking rivets on that fucking ship are just like yep still holding yeah he published the book in 76 so i don't know if it was contemporary but i kind of imagine it is this this movie is i mean they have computer contemporary i mean even even when they do the thing where they're like the tugboats are pulling it in and they hoist the the cables and they wrap them around those those big cylinders i'm like those are gonna just snap and what that's still gonna hold the ship (laughs) It's like, still it was, salt yeah. water. Yeah, it's corrosive yeah. as hell. Yeah, uh, there's a reason that the actual Titanic is in terrible condition. Yeah, and, it's like yeah. It's I mean, a, there have been voyages down there. The fucking yeah, Sorry. you know, there have been more than just the original voyage down there. That when, with the discovery, unfortunately, it's something I've learned from my sister is that unfortunately, there's been quite a lot of um, expeditions down there, and they've retrieved artifacts. And mm-hmm. so you can get like white star line plates that are collector's items because they were on the Titanic. But what's funny is they were also the same plates that are on every white star line ship at the time. So yeah. it's not that thrilling. Um, right. And easy, you know, easily faked. Easily well faked. But they also account. started bringing of... up people's personal belongings. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, a, that's a tricky situation. Shoes and glasses and pocket watches and stuff. And that's like, that's not cool. That's a grave. Yeah, you're grave robbing. Right. You're grave yeah. robbing for eBay. Um, yeah. That's I was not gonna, cool. I was going to say, like, the moment where they found the fucking horn instrument. What was mm-hmm. it? The trumpet or whatever? Oh, the, the coronet, yeah. Or coronet. Yeah, thank you. 
Yeah, um, right. And I like the first it. thing they found to identify. I like the how ship. they found it, and they're like, "Oh, it must belong to one guy." But what I like is they find it, and it looks like shit when they find it. I'm like, "Yeah, that makes sense." And then they have it like fully fucking restored, and then they it's look like at all it. Polished. It has, it, it's, it's not just polished, it has the engravings like perfectly on, yeah. on it, and it has the name of the fucking whatever on it, too. I'm surprised I didn't play on it, you know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, the valve is like, still oiled pretty well. And I'm waiting for them to, like, screw it on open, like, look, the fucking, the fucking, like, mouthpiece still has the spit inside. Um, like, it's just so perfectly preserved somehow. And I'm like, can we get the, no, it's more impressive, not raising the Titanic, but whoever the fuck restored this fucking trumpet or fucking yeah. horn instrument, that's the easiest thing I'm going to fucking say, uh, just to this, like, perfect level with the engraving and everything after it's been bared in the ocean for 60 plus years. Like, that's the impressive feat here, in my opinion. But, yeah. fuck, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a little... Well, even the whole mineral plot, you know, the MacGuffin here that... Oh, the fucking radium fucking yeah, radioactive just, it, fucking That alone, I just had a hard Byzanium. time. Byzanium. Byzanium, sorry. Yeah, I think, yeah. I just had a hard time with the whole Byzanium thing. It's just, like, it, it reminds me too much of... The science, scientist of, in you. Of unobtainium from Avatar. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Which there's a connection yeah. here though, because that was James Cameron who did Titanic. Yeah. Oh my oh, fucking god, go. dude! That's yeah. what the, that's what James Cameron Titanic should have been. It's just a remake of Raise the Titanic, but with blue people. Well, technically, he already did it <laughs> once. It was just Sink the Titanic. <laughs> I'm halfway right. there, guys. This is the sequel. This is the Wait. sequel. Wait till he gets to the fourth and fifth one. You'll be really impressed. Wait till they find Jack and fully restore him. We're going to have this whole bit where he's walking around modern-day America. Like, it's a whole Captain America uh, <laughs> like, situation. Yeah, we found him frozen in the ice. He didn't de degrade at all. We polished him up, and there he is. There he is. is. He's holding <laughs> He knows how to Shiny play a horn instrument. Can we... Actually, I do... This, this is a perfect segue for me to bring this up. And it starts in the beginning of the movie. It's the frozen man in ice. <laughs> yeah so the beginning of the movie this one fucking dude uh is like looking this is what triggers it is like they find this kernel they find this underground mine oh, right. uh which is fake as fuck um like, i swear to god it looks like trash bags or pile on top of each other and then spray painted white uh, to make it look like an icy cave i did i did air quotes on a podcast like not anyone could fucking see it um, <laughs> oh, I do it all the time. They can tell. Not now that yeah, they can feel the vibrations. Good vibrations. <laughs> um. Anyways, he goes down, and he sees this giant block of ice with this man inside with a long fucking beard. First thing I fucking say is like, oh look, it's it's Rasputin. That's the first thing I say because he's in fucking he's in fucking uh, Russia, uh, and the fingers are sticking out, but some of the fingers are gone because clearly something nubbed on it. But my favorite fucking part is not the preserved man in this giant fake-ass block of ice. It's the tombstone plaque next to it that is written um, the, the name of the colonel, the date that he died, and the fact that it says, died from pretty much being a piece of ice. Like, he, d he died in a frozen storm. Like, somebody took the effort of finding this body covered in a block of ice, which the fact that the body is covered in a block of ice is interesting. But not only that, but burn etch 
on a piece of wood the name of the person, the date that it happened, and how he died, which it does say he froze to death. I'm like, yeah, no shit, I can see that. He's still frozen, still frozen. to death. Um, yeah. Partly, his fingers are gone, but we won't question that. Um, and then what I like, just the icing on the cake, is the block of wood itself is also buried in ice. So it's just... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I was gonna say I kind of forgot design. about all that because with all I the rest of I can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It made me so happy to see it. It's just so ridiculous. I'm like, this movie really tries to take itself <laughs> seriously. Like, if this was any other movie, if this was out X from outer space, I would be. This fits perfectly. But this movie was trying to be something more, and it's just like, no, I can't. <laughs> yeah. You don't. You don't get the pass. I'm sorry. You're not floating my Titanic. So, do we want to spend any time talking about the uh, romantic love triangle subplot? I mean, do we want to give it as much time as the movie gives it? 30 seconds? (laughs) Glad you brought that up, and that was a great, great point you brought up about it. Moving on. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of do it to check a box, don't they? But not even it's like it's like two excuses that the novel and it's just like, oh, let's just gloss over that. Well, I feel like it's an excuse to have a female character, and that was it yeah yeah that was the only female character is like oh look at this woman who is in between the main character whose dude name is dirk and the other secondary main character the dude who's the actual scientist who yeah. looks vaguely like Hawkeye david selby from, from dark shadows mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah, there was one other female character I can remember, and that's the female reporter that Jason Robards is talking to at one point. Uh, says something directly to her as she has a microphone, like, holding uh, a microphone in his face. And he says right to her, uh, okay, that's a, or, okay, gentlemen, uh, that's all I have for you today. And it's like, really? You, you were literally just talking to a woman. Did you not see that? It's but, a man's like, world at this time, like, Eric. Yeah. That's why they called the movie Raise the Titanic and not Support the Titanic. It's all about masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a stupid joke. But thank you for laughing. Oh, and the uh, uh, <laughs> dragging the Titanic into New York Harbor. Um, oh, I, I my feel like fuck. that scene was supposed to be like the big glorious moment, right? They like even... Titanic returns home kind of they had, what, Dang. so many fucking boats? They even had the fucking Goodyear blimp floating in the yeah. fucking air, which I yeah. felt like is the closest we're ever going to get to a Hindenburg Titanic crossover event. Oh, good point. Because <laughs> they even show, like, the last thing you see with the Goodyear is, like, it kind of looks like it's going down. I'm like, this is it. That's it. This missed is opportunity missed for opportunity. to crash into the Titanic. Titanic yeah. sinks again. Blimp burns. Yeah. And, like, and yeah. or, or the sequel to this is Raise the Hindenburg. <laughs> somehow they just re- <laughs> combine all the ashes that's what you need all the greatest failures we're going to have the hindenburg followed by the titanic turns out all that fire didn't really damage it all that bad it's yeah. been, it's like... <laughs> followed by the apollo 11 there's your trilogy yeah. hindenburg is the prequel we're going to treat it like the temple of doom to the the raising of the titanic and then we're going to end it with apollo 11 a remake the true one yeah. i don't i know. i do like about this film how it it only grossed seven million dollars and had an estimated budget of around forty million. Forty million, yeah, and they, it, I guess it just went over. I went over budget multiple times. Uh, I mean, that's what happens when you're shooting with a you know fifty foot scale model. 
<laughs> and, and one of the producers, even Lou Grade, said it would have been mm. cheaper to lower the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of sounded like a Waterworld esque situation where like they're like, man, we're that far in, we should just keep throwing money at it like until it gets done. And yeah, it's kind of like investing into a stripper that you think likes you. <laughs> but you know, I she yeah. smiled at me. Stripper Give her more Dirk. money. I I think. You know, it's funny because we reviewed Waterworld months ago on this show. And we did yeah. years ago. Years ago, and um, jeez, podcast time moves so quick. But and I, what is it about movies like you know where you deal with a bunch of water and a boat and shit that's gonna go over budget? <laughs> They're <know>. expensive. <laughs> I mean, like Titanic was incredibly expensive. I mean, that was yeah. mainly CGI, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but there was a lot of practical effects yeah, in that did, too. Yeah, I was gonna say they did a lot of practical. I mean, effects they on they that too. they completely remade the entire ballroom. That's true, but then again, that movie actually made its bank. Turns out, oh, no yeah. one wants an uplifting movie about bringing the Titanic back to those who were traumatized by it. What we want to see is that we want to see the trauma. Like, nah, fucking oh. throw a sex scene in an old-fashioned car, and we're good. Kill Leonardo. Well, let's yeah. let's not forget that this movie was totally one-upped by Ghostbusters 2 in the Titanic returning scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I prefer that one, I believe. Was that movie, was, was like... that Titanic still in half? Uh, I think it no. did have, like, a big hole in it, but not but, in half. Yeah, like... it wasn't in half, but it had a huge gaping yeah. hole. That's where all the people are pouring out of, which was kind yeah. of fucked yeah. up. I mean... Better late than never, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep, better yeah, late yep, than better never. Late than... Cheech Marin. <laughs> thanks, thanks, yeah. thanks, Cheech. <laughs> which, which, that in itself, tangent, is just like, when you have Cheech from Cheech and Sean looking at what looks like a hallucination, yeah. you're not really selling a ghost scene, but Cheech is American yeah. treasure. So, just to, you know, wrap, start to wrap things up, let's, uh, this used to be the, um, trend of the episode, let's talk about one more plot hole that I thought about, um, and just, just coming across a note I wrote down, like, just, we've, we've kind of broken down plot hole after plot hole, things that just don't make sense, like, uh, about this story, and, like, the, just the basic idea of having a laser defense system based upon a mineral that there's only one sample of in existence, um, I mean, doesn't seem like a good idea. Eric, <laughs> the fact that you oh. can tell how old this movie is based on the fact that the new technology is lasers. Yeah. 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 Lasers are going to save the day. But, but yeah, like a laser that's only... What are you going to run this newfangled thing on? Well, there's this mythical, like almost mythical, um, you know, mineral that was discovered one time in Russia. And I, I think we might have a piece of it. It's stronger than know, plutonium. But, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of science word salad. I'd Let's... say science word diarrhea at this point because this yeah. is salad has some kind of nutritional value. But this is just like they're use, throwing, but... yeah, they're throwing everything in there and. Well, this whole—that's the whole theme of this whole movie—is let's just go balls to the wall, and who cares if any of this makes sense? Just don't think about it. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of also, what it begs you to do—is just don't think about this. Yeah. Also, wouldn't this, the the like showdown, the the super low key, cool kind of Russian guy um, showdown? Wouldn't that have like been a whole lot more like um, suspenseful? If we had seen that scene, or they had to deal with the Russians after they knew there was no Byzanium on the ship, 
mm-hmm. why why did we place that before that? Like That's I feel a like very having to lie question. about it would have been much more like <laughs> like to, just like, tell them posture, you can have, like it. You have it. Yeah. yeah. Like that's your yeah. bluff. Well, it's, it's but your, it was all kind of like we know power. we have it. Yes, we we know you have it too. Like it's like, but they didn't know they had it because they didn't. And I don't know. Anyway, it's just every scene of this movie, if you really think about it, just totally breaks down. It falls yep. apart. It breaks down like the actual Titanic did. But you know, I I part of me wants to say, well, I give it the benefit of the doubt because I haven't read the source material, haven't read the book, but if. If this even shares the basic like shell of the story as Clive Cussler complained, I it still sounds like it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. a little sad, this yeah. I feel like you know what, I'm gonna wait on that for my, my grade statement. I'm gonna wait for that on my grade statement. Yeah. I, I, I have never really been inclined to read any of Clive Cussler's novels mm-hmm. and this didn't help. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we should just all. grade this. Let's end this. Yeah, let's do it. What do you think, Ryan? <laughs> Fuck, you called me first. No, no, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I said pretty much most of my shit very loudly, <laughs> might I add. I didn't think I was going to be that passionate about it, but according to my uh, volume status bar, I'm peaking. Um, it's 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 a boring fucking movie. Like I said, like like any time this movie tries to build a suspense, like there's one suspenseful moment where people actually fucking die, um, but even that was kind of like dealt with quickly. Everything else is like where they seem like they're building up these scenarios, like a sub gets stuck, uh, and it's lodged in the Titanic, so they have to rush the the floating of the Titanic to free them. They don't even show what happens to those guys. They just pop up later. They pop up after the Titanic, and they're yeah, we're all good. There's no real attempt to like, like they like, you feel like they're supposed to build a, like suspense, and they don't do it. There's no real like thrill. Um, some of the scenes where they're doing some of the stuff with the miniatures or in the tank or whatnot, it's like, okay, this is interesting. This feels like it was a movie that was trying to be more so like, let's play off the premise that we're trying to raise the Titanic and what an emotional, wonderful thing this is. Um, which I mean, given the context of like, we're watching this now in 2021 and it's just like, yeah, Titanic, that's been done to death. It doesn't matter. There's no real emotional investment here. Um, I will say, like, the movie does a good job with the Alec Guinness scene uh, and then followed with the ballroom scene, which is, like, Alec Guinness isn't in there, but it's, like, through Dirk, I would say. Like, that's an arc. That's, there it is. It's done. Like, that's nice. That's pleasant. That's, like, Mm -hmm. that's, like, any other kind of, like, old man finds lost dog thing. I don't know. That's, like, the weirdest fucking, like, headline. But I'm just (laughs) saying, like, uh, Philip J. Fry finds his fucking lost dog. There it is. Um, it's it's kind of like, okay, but not to that... Like, even that fucking episode of Futurama has more emotional fucking depth than this fucking movie does. Like, I don't... Like, there's nothing to care about. Like, it, 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 it... Even as a generic trying to make you care about generic things, it doesn't even fucking bother with that. Like, its main fucking thing is building up to the money shot where the, the Titanic is raised. I'm like, that's it. The whole fucking title of the movie is the whole point of the fucking movie. And I'm like, okay, that was it. That was not necessary. I don't, this was kind of a waste of my life. Like, I'm glad I did other shit as I watched this movie. Um, No, actually, to be more honest, I wish I was doing other shit as I was watching this movie. Because I could have just totally did that. Um, 
this movie's a god damn this movie's a i'm gonna give it i'm gonna be nice and give it a d because like just alec guinness is great and i don't want to give a lower grade because alec guinness is in the fucking movie but that's it that's it it's done um i would say this movie would be better if they raised the titanic right away in the beginning and it turns out that all the people who died on it which incidentally no corpses um came to life and they too were raised from the dead way different movie but would have been way fucking more interesting <laughs> um and that's it i'm done joe <laughs> I, this movie has miniatures that are good but i've seen better i saw better before this came out yeah right there are star Godzilla wars. movies that have better <laughs> miniatures star and wars yeah. better miniatures <laughs> Godzilla, um, 1954. Godzilla, yeah, a lot better miniatures. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, Alec Guinness is good in this for the blink and miss it scene. Essentially, um, you know, you could you could walk out to refill your cup of coffee while watching this movie and come back and miss all of Alec Guinness. Um, yeah, but I will say it has one redeeming quality, and this this is a great example of a movie where the suspension of disbelief is so out there that this film is just fucking preposterous. Yeah. Um, I've watched movies with talking animals that had more redeeming qualities. <laughs> and that is in and of itself preposterous. But, you know, at least there's a story there that's somewhat coherent. You know, and, I, and I'm not just talking animated I would put the Eddie Murphy Dr. Doolittle above this movie <laughs> as far as believable. For scientific accuracy. And I'm not, no, not scientific accuracy. I'm just talking about like how how much crap are we being expected to swallow here? And this is just I mean, like, I would mm -hmm. you say Dr. Doolittle, I would say Pluto Nash. Yeah, I was talking mentioned talking animals though, let's not get crazy. Oh, yeah. That's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> My, but my bad. There's another example, though, of a movie that's just like, what the hell? Um, every single plot device in this movie makes no logical sense. And I'm not even talking scientific accuracy. I'm removing that. I'm just talking basic common sense logic. Um, and But it's it's a thrilling title of a topic that, that, that captivates people, right? Um, but the problem is that it, it it dates itself so bad. And we brought this up briefly before how, you know, this movie was made when it was a well-known theory that there, you know, the ship could be in two pieces. Turns out it is. So that's a risk when you write this story and you make this film. And it's like the moment Ballard discovered the wreckage of the Titanic and was like, oh yeah, it's in two big chunks. And decaying, this movie became just totally unrealistic. Yeah, this this would be like yeah. pick. It'd be like a let's make a movie about you know raising the Hindenburg and ignoring that it burned up. <laughs> just gonna phoenix the Hindenburg. We're just it's gonna, gonna phoenix the Hindenburg, and it's like yeah, yeah, well, it exploded. It's I caught on. There's the picture of it on fire. Yeah, it's okay. It'll fly again. No, I just I can't buy that. That's dumb. Like it's. Yeah. It's literally vaporized. It is no more. It ceased yeah. to exist. You know, and there's yeah. other examples I could give that would probably bother people, but you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, oh, we did like the Hiroshima bomb, except it didn't hurt anybody. I was like, well, then that's not the Hiroshima bomb. You know, it's like yeah. you can't do. 
it just doesn't work. So I don't know. This this really was um, at least it wasn't overly long. So I'll give it a D, right D. in the middle. D. You got D I mean, D double D so it, far. It ran two hours. I mean, it was it was 120 minutes ish. Like yeah, it was it was a longer one for for us, I think. But oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> it could have been longer. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's I feel like after been. watching um, the Snyder Cut, any other movie that's like, and I think like you know nothing. what, and Ryan mentioned it was boring, and I think that maybe helped because it was boring. <laughs> but I'll give it that in a way where like you could just ignore it for twenty minutes and realize, oh, it's been twenty minutes. Not even realize yeah, it's been it, twenty minutes. Not even realize two hours have went past. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, I just blacked out. That's what I did. It's so fucking boring. Um, I'm gonna try to be, you know the optimist here but i can't do a whole lot better than what you guys are saying so um there's no need for you yeah to i thought this, it was Eric. i thought it was it was surprising to me that like two like really great two and arguably three really great character actors jason robards alec guinness and david selby um are you know in this cast and only one of them turns in a memorable performance in any way Jason Robards is a by the book general guy and that's he doesn't really do anything outside of, you know, I mean he he's he's a great actor but he doesn't he doesn't bring anything to this that is memorable um in, in this film in this context. The I do like the miniature work. I think the miniature work is is good, but as as Joe pointed out, it's not like groundbreaking necessarily. I do think their scale model of the Titanic is incredibly good. Um for the time like i think obviously james cameron's gonna blow that out of the water with what he does with titanic later on but he also is privy to a lot more information about you know the titanic the current state of it and you know everything um i mean that's ironic so... given that this movie literally blows the titanic out of the water and that movie <laughs> literally right. does the opposite but yes it sinks yeah. it it sinks the titanic but it made more money whereas this movie raised it and lost life is weird eric yeah. And so is Fraser. What what I didn't find is I didn't really find this movie to be boring, but I didn't find it super com- some I didn't find it super compelling either. And a big part of that is I didn't like Dirk Pitt. And it's not necessarily <laughs> even the character, but the, like the actor that played him, uh, what did I say his name was? Um Richard Jordan. And uh I just didn't like the characterization. I didn't he didn't even have an ounce of like the James Bond esque charisma that Lou Grade mentions in when he was talking you know, interviewed about the movie that I read on the Wikipedia page. Like I don't see what they were doing with that character, how they thought this, you know, this portrayal of Dirk Pitt was going to, you know, spawn a series of Dirk Pitt films. They didn't even really feature him in a way that would that seems like that's what they wanted to do. Um so I don't know. Not liking the guy that's supposed to be the big charismatic hero. Uh, is always a problem, I think, and um, yeah, it just didn't have any compelling characters. The plot was th- this one. I think it hurt as I tried to talk my way through the plot, even during the show, and it just I couldn't, you know, it just it doesn't. It's absolute nonsense. So, and I think you guys touched on that as well. So, yeah, I don't think I could do a whole lot better. I I found this to be like generally generally watchable, but if you think about any of it for even longer than the second that it's occurring on screen, it totally falls apart on you. Performances are middle of the road. Besides, I agree. Alec Guinness steals the show in the five minutes he's in it. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, it commits what I, what I often call the biggest sin and that it's just it, mediocre. It's so boring. And that, 
it's not so like awfully bad that you're going to remember this for like I'm going to you know go to sleep after we're done with the show tonight and probably forget about Raise the Titanic for the rest of my life so that's uh you know is what it is I, I can give it I think I'm going to land at a D plus as well it's really not a great film and it's it's certainly hurt by the fact that it it decided to ignore potentialities about what what the Titanic might really the condition it might really be in and stuff so yeah the second they found that ship this movie became entirely irrelevant and I assume the the Cussler novel as well uh, <laughs> that's a fair my my grade went down during the show by the way I had it at a C minus and I, think, uh, I, I, th- I I was actually in the same boat I had it at a C <laughs> <laughs> same boat same boat ah, ah. yeah it's all connected um yeah well, Very quickly, I do have a thing to say. And you can choose to edit this out or to splice it in when we talked about the, the love triangle. But I wanted to say that the love triangle, like where you actually have the couple with the, the one dude, the secondary main actor, and the and the woman yeah, who used to have... An, the scientist. The, the scientist dude with the reporter woman who used to have a, a thing with Dirk. Like, they're thing literally ends with her shouting down the stairs hey i'm sorry that i said the only reason i left dirk is because i was stupid and that i did not acknowledge the fact that i actually don't have feelings for him like that was it like that was the end of her in any of the scenes like so literally in the movie yeah that's right they never came back they never came back to them resolving their thing so as far as i know and the movie ends with both the scientist and dirk actually getting along together with Dirk even yep. saying, like, you know, I told that this one girl that I used to know. Yeah, yeah, I imagine you used to know a girl, you know, aside from the scientist. Um, that, you know, the one reason I didn't save the world is because I was alone. Which is Hinton is just like, oh, now they found this other dude who makes this moral decision to keep the fucking, like, stuponium stu- hidden from the world so it's not being abused. That that makes Dirk happy, makes him like scientists. So they walk off into the sunset, literally at the end of the movie, where I'm just like, oh my god, the scientist was worried about Dirk stealing his girl, but the Dirk stole the scientist from the girl. Dirk is going to steal your man, folks. That's how this yeah. love triangle ends. I, I, I find that to be a believable reading of the ending of this movie. Yes, and I feel like that needs to be a valid inclusion into the fucking review of this. <laughs> splice yeah. it in how how you will um if yeah, not I, you don't I have like to it. it's our, we're already like an hour past but i mean there's like a solid they, five minutes they wrote of her me. character out because because uh it's a man dirk and gene are a, a couple now it's so. a bromance it's a bromance movie yeah. that's yeah. that's what's really rising it's it's there a broke back before the broke back <laughs> oh god but if anybody listening has any thoughts on <laughs> raise the titanic uh we'd love to hear from you and you can share those with us at a variety of different places. You can email us at videojunkyourpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on, oh my God, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Video Junk Pod. Uh, on Facebook, you can find our main Video Junkyard Podcast page and the Video Junkyard Podcast group. If you have any suggestions, please let us know. Uh, we're always looking for uh, listener picks, and we... Would love to hear any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms. And that's a yeah. And thank. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I to say thank you very much to Matthew Kressel for recommending uh, "Raise the Titanic." I'm sorry we were kind of brutal on your movie there. I'm not sure if this is one you love or one that you were trying to punish us with, but we'll see. When we say uh, thank you, <laughs> once again, implied air quotes. 
it's a podcast. <laughs> um, well, thank you, thank you for uh, yeah giving us a recommendation. That's what uh, that's as far as we'll go there. But um, appreciate <laughs> thank you for the, participating. Uh, Here's your trophy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, continuing with that trend, next week we will be looking at the uh, Deft Punk animated film Interstellar five 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 or fifty five fifty five. Uh, don't know uh, exactly what that's all about. I am ignorant to all things Daft Punk and anime, so this is going to be an incredibly well, interesting uh, situation. We will also be joined by the listener the who person who suggested recommended. It. Yeah, <laughs> who's not just a listener, but uh, Video Junkyard podcast contributor David Andrews will be joining us to talk about the movie. And so. very quickly, I will say, and he's told me this himself: calling this movie anime is very loose. Yeah. So yeah. So so no. So no one interpret this as like, oh, this is just anime. Like, no, not even to us anime people. Like, I guess what I should say is animated film. It's it's an it's a music video at a feature length. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. So yeah, David gets to go on the stand and defend himself for that. I'm just I'm not gonna prejudge. I haven't watched it yet. So I mean, we're probably all burning equally. (laughs) (laughs) I know Joe's excited. Is he? Thrilled. Yeah. But we still hope that you do tune in next time, and we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Video Junker Podcast to the point where we'll share it along to your friends and family. And join us again next week. And until then, thanks again. This is Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Sysko saying, don't bother with Raise a Titanic. (laughs) Fair enough. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. On Twitter at Video Junk Pod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard? I'm Nathan. Experience Doctor Who from the very beginning through a classic fan's eyes. And through the eyes of a new Who fan. Reminisce and relive those classic moments with Nathan as he offers fun insight. Or experience them for the first time with Juliet as she dwells on social issues, history, fashion, and the size of a flashlight. We're the Time Streams Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts. Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Alison Fitzsafried. 
You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels.